Hi everyone, it's uh, another Go See show today, and my lovely Go See, lovely and talented both Go See of the day <laughs> is Bridget Hollett, and um, Bridget is clutching her guitar. With fear. <laughs> <laughs> with fear and trepidation, but with creative genius. And so I thought today we would have a musical intro, and Bridget can sing one of her original songs, right? This is original. Oh, song. I wasn't gonna, no. Oh, this isn't yours? No, I was going to sing an Adele song. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with Adele. So take it away okay. before we get into the meat and potatoes. I'm going to do a little abridged version okay. of um, Daydreamer. By Adele. What's called, yeah. Soaking up the sun, he is a real lover Making up his past and feeling up his girl Like he's never felt a figure before Thank you. <laughs> An angel. <laughs> it's so nice to be sitting so close to that vibration. No, so thank you. so gorgeous. Thank you so much. Should we put the yeah, guitar sure. down? That's great. Oh, do you have your book, by the way? Oh yes, I do. Yeah. So while Bridget gets that, I will remind our audience: this, this is the first time you're joining. You know the score by now. Oh, I'm getting a, a warning. One second, I don't answer that. I did a, a firmware update on this camera, HDMI. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I hope it's working. Okay, I've never seen that before, but I'm going to go with it. Okay. As long as it's recording, that should be fine. So yes, uh, if it's the first time you're seeing this on YouTube, and you enjoyed that, and you look forward to seeing more of the same, don't feel shy to subscribe, like, share, 
-hmm. and all the other YouTube shout out call to actions that people do <laughs> when they're trying to get a following. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for bringing your guitar. You're welcome. How long have you been singing? Um, oh, my whole life, basically. Mm -hmm. I loved it from the moment I was born, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but properly, like, performing-wise, I started doing lessons when I was about 10. Okay. And it was the guitar that you took up as that instrument? No, no. So I actually never really learnt properly how to, play, how to play the guitar. I started, I did guitar lessons for a couple of years when I was 12, 13. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm actually predominantly a piano player. Are you? Yeah. I just don't ever have access to a piano. It's not the most portable of instruments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so at what age did you start piano? Let's go back to the beginning. Yes. Okay. Timeline. Where were you born? I was born in Melbourne in Australia. And what's that like? It's, is it the capital? Is it the... No, it's, it's not. not the financial capital. capital. Um, no, I think Sydney would probably would be the financial capital. And the governmental base? Is in Canberra. Canberra, yeah. that's right. But it's pleasant, isn't it? Uh, Canberra or Melbourne? Melbourne. Melbourne is amazing. I love Melbourne. Um, it's very urban, very cultured, heaps of food. We're all about food and coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's kind of like... Kind of like the New York of Australia, but okay. less busy, less intense, less sky rises. <laughs> so who are your parents? What do they do? Uh, so my mom is from China. Yes. She is an interpreter and translator. And my dad is a metallurgist. So basically... He's the holot. Yeah. From where did he hail? Um, he was born in Adelaide. He was? Okay. So he's, a, he's, a, he's Australian. Yeah, he's Australian. <laughs> and how did they meet? Um, so mum came over for a visit at one point and um, I'm pretty sure dad actually um, met her and got her to start teaching him Chinese and then oh, they wow. fell in love. <laughs> so she came over for a holiday or work? Um, holiday, yeah. Okay. Or it was a study trip. I can't remember. But yeah, she was just there to visit and then she ended up staying. And so she, she spoke English well. Uh, well enough, yeah. Well enough. Yeah, I, like she she studied it um, a little bit at university, so mm -hmm. she was pretty good at it, and now she's obviously amazing. And where in China did she come from? So she's from a region called Inner Mongolia, which is in the north. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so she's had a big journey, definitely. That's great. So um, did your parents have much time before you were born? To enjoy their lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not that you were a complete delight. Before to, I came in and rear. ruined everything. Yeah. Um, so they were, they had about four years before they had my, my oldest sister. Okay. And then it was... So you're the youngest of two. I'm the youngest of three. Of three? Yeah. It's not three sisters again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So what's the dynamic? Are you, are you the spoilt? <laughs> in ways, yes. You are. Um, I was spoilt because I had two older sisters who looked after me as well as my parents. And you were the baby? Yeah. Were you the cutest? Ooh, no, I don't think so. Really? I think that my middle sister was the cutest. Really? Yeah. And we're talking cuteness. Let's try to find what cute is. Ah. Because this is all important. I, my definition particularly of cute is that you retain a kind of innocence in life. I would consider oh. myself cute. I think oh. I'm cute. <laughs> uh, cute and obviously physically as well. Yes, <laughs> I'm talking yes. about myself again, but no, generally, <laughs> I think cuteness is, is that it appeals. It's like a child that you sort of maintain that kind of childlike innocence and cuteness. Interesting. Okay, so I think 
You're cute. <laughs> I've definitely retained some innocence, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, but in terms of... So, yeah, I was cute. But I, I just think my middle sister was the cutest because she was, like, so determined all the time. She mm. had, like, obviously the knowledge of a child with the determination of a of a mature person. So oh, wow. It was very cute. <laughs> Were you competitive amongst the sisters? Um, there was obviously some natural competition competition for me it was less competition more just like i want to be part of the club like i mm -hmm. want to do what my sisters do how much older um, they were they to each other and you so ash is six years older than me and maddie is three years older than me okay right yeah does that make a difference that uh, that the distance in terms of generation gap because they say oh, two yeah. years is when you're sort of having planning family that a two-year gap is quite a good good one because mm. it's not so yeah. Close that you're really competing. Yeah. Although I'm sure it can be as well. Yeah, but it's not so far as that things happen, so much happens in between. That's right, and you can't relate. Yeah. What are your star signs and your zodiac stuff? So Ash is a, if I'm correct, Capricorn. Maddie is an Aries, and mm. I'm a Libra. Oh, wow. Mm. One of each of the yeah. elements. Yeah. Save one. So yeah. who were your parents? What, did they, what are their signs? My mother is a Scorpio. And my dad is a Virgo. Virgo, yeah. No, Leo. Virgo. End of August. I think it goes Leo into Virgo. Oh. So I'm a Leo. I'm, a Leo. I'm, an, early, I'm an early Leo. But I, then I think the next sign's Virgo. Yeah, I think he's a Virgo. He's more like a Virgo? <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't, don't know, know Virgo. All I know is my own one. <laughs> Which is what again? Libra. Libra. Okay, Librans. Yeah. Are you, uh, I know a few Librans, and to me they seem very calculating. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. Like calculating, and, and that sort of, they're weighing up the prospects of what things can do to get yes. you to where you need to get. That is A bit me. chess playing. Yeah. yeah, except for me, it's to the point where I'm trying to be strategic, but in actual fact I'm just stressing myself out. Mm. I'm scared to actually make the move. You're, I just want to, I'm all strategy. Well, they're all, uh, they're famously procrastinators. Yes. For that reason, yeah. that they can't act. Because they're, in they're, their mind, there's too many there's options. A, yes, yes, that's me. Wow. Okay, so you had a Chinese mother. Yes. There's the, the old sort of cliche of tiger mums mm -hmm. uh, forcing their little progeny and geniuses to be musical and play piano. <laughs> was this born out in your case? Uh, well, my sisters and I all started playing piano when we were five or six. Did your mum? My mum never did, but it was one of her bigger regrets. She played violin for a little bit. She actually did lessons with us, which oh, wow. was nice. Oh, wow. um, but my mum and dad always say, you know, if, if there was one thing that we could go back and change about our lives, it's that we would learn an instrument. And I, like, I consider myself very lucky that mm. they got us to do that. Do you take more after your mum and dad, or do you, do you see similarities between between you and one of one or other parent? As I grow yeah. older, I see myself becoming more and more like my mum. Okay, <laughs> um, and it's not just the obvious physical resemblance, <laughs> because you must you look more Asian than you do uh, European. Which is interesting because that people are very split on that. Is that right? Yeah, a lot of people will say, "Oh, I wouldn't have." Guess Chinese in a heart, like in. Are you joking me? Well, no. 
Some I people say, like, you know, were. maybe a bit of Polynesian or a bit of, oh, yes. um, like, Filipino or something like that. That's true. Yeah. Australia being a great melting pot for mm. Asian. So was your mum part of, is there, is there a, a Melbourne Chinese community that you're part of or not? There is, um, but I don't, I don't think mum's super heavily um, part of it. She... Mum is a, an adventurer for sure, so she likes just throwing herself. If she's an Aries, uh, she's a Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio! I'm scared of those guys. <laughs> Me too. You are scared, <laughs> and the f f reason. Um, I've heard that they're. Quite... You lived with one. Yeah. You know them. There are. I mean, <laughs> I, like. Can your mum be scary? Yes, definitely. Would you think that if you did her any wrong, that she would get you in the end? Not you. Because oh, you're her daughter, but okay. someone... In general? In general, you know, that they're, they're, they're very sort of... Um, they don't forget. No. Yeah, no, she doesn't. Um, I, think the, I think the idea was that because they're so deeply sensitive... Right. ...that they put on this carapace to protect them. They're so sensitive, so they have to protect themselves. And then oh. they can be a bit aloof and they can be a bit... They're as kind and loving... Yes. ...as they can be cruel and... <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you if you tried to cross my mum, she wouldn't have a bar of it. She wouldn't let you. She's she can be very strong willed, and mm. um, if she thinks that someone is offending her or discriminating against her for a reason that's not fair, she will not have it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that reputation is not for nothing. They're quite formidable. From in that sense. yes, I mean I don't know many Scorpios. All I know is my mum, so I can tell yeah. you about her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so okay, so all the all of you girls played a musical instrument. It was all piano. So we all played piano and violin. So were you aware of each other's abilities at that instrument? <laughs> so were you grading yourselves according to how your siblings were doing? Um, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Um. How often did you practice? Uh, towards the end, I practice every day. Uh, at the start, I'd probably practice three times a week, four times okay. a week. Um, but that was from five years old? Oh, I don't actually remember from five. I can tell you from about eight. Okay. From five, it was probably a little bit more relaxed, but um, it was definitely a big part of our lives. It was? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So was classical music piano music playing in the home. Yeah. It was, because with Tallulah, she did piano, and we weren't playing it as part of our daily life. Mm. And so she didn't really have enough to relate it to, I think. Yeah. And then it became a bit of a chore, even though she was very naturally gifted and had, mm. and had, a, had a musical proficiency, and she would learn things very quickly. It's a terrible regret, but because she was so miserable doing it, I thought, what's the point? This is, yeah. this is music. Yeah. This is about a passion. Yeah, and it should be yourself. something you enjoy. Did yeah. you ever feel th that it was drudgery? 100%. Like... So, my, because Tallulah's teacher said they all feel this way. They're <laughs> children. They don't want to practice. Mm. And you have to push through it to come out the other side, as she did. The teacher said she was always resisting until about 11, mm -hmm. when actually it, she sort of had came to terms yeah. to peace with it. Well, I think because, I mean, the biggest lesson that music taught me is about long-term long -term goals and, mm. and being able to push through to get to that point you want to be at. Yes. So I think you get to a point where you, can, you make sounds that you actually enjoy hearing mm. and you realise, 
oh, like that's, that's what all it was the... all about. That's what all the scales were for. That's why. And that came at turn 11? For me, with yeah, with violin, it was around that time. Yeah, probably both violin and piano. It was around that time um, when I could actually play something I enjoyed the sound of. And mm. um, it stopped being such a chore. Um, obviously, things like exams make it more of a chore because there's mm. like an anxiety related yes, you're, to it. You're, yes, you're working towards something. Um, but Were you good at it? Are you, are you a natural? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think my mum says that I was a little bit and she believes it's because when I was like in her belly and when I was a baby, mm. I was hearing it. My sister's playing. Yes. You had an advantage. Exactly. That's <laughs> you what, really did. That's what mum said. Um, but definitely there are often, that most of the time I didn't feel like a natural. It was very much something I had to slug through. Mm. So that taught you the importance and the value of hard work. Yeah, and it's a lesson that, like, as we get further on and on in time, I feel like I forget more and more. I, like, it's such a time of instant gratification. I feel like I need to go back to music and work, go through that terrible work again to reteach myself that mm. lesson. Do you feel that you can be applied to your modelling career? Definitely. Let's talk about how that began then. Yes. Okay, so we've established that uh, you're three girls, you're... You're all pretty, I can imagine you have to be. My sisters are beautiful. They're beautiful? Yeah. So you have, you have three beautiful girls. Do they model? No. Is that, a, is that why not? Um, I don't know. I mean, they're both a little bit shorter than me. Okay. You're tall and lanky. Yes. Um, and I don't know. Like, they never really tried. They, I, mm. They're both doctors. So <laughs> it's not really, yeah, that was kind of the direction that they both always kind of knew they wanted to go in. So was that influenced by your parents again? Was it the Chinese, was it a sort of immigrant mentality of you have to be a professional, you have to be a doctor, lawyer or? Um, to an extent, my parents very much wanted us all to have stable jobs that w would have longevity and, you know, all of the sensible things about mm. uh, your career. Um, but my sisters made their own decision completely about what that, which exact one it would be in that realm mm -hmm. of sensible careers. Um, it was very, very instinctual for my first sister. She did work experience with a doctor and came home and went, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, and with Maddie, she could have literally done anything. anything. Um, was she the most able? She's very intelligent, like very, very smart, naturally. Okay. So you'd say she had the highest IQ if you had to do a set? A yes, test? definitely. Okay. And she's the oldest. No, the middle. Middle. The middle. And she's the Capricornian determined the one. The Aries. The determined Aries. The determined Aries. Yes. Shit. <laughs> so there's no stopping her. So that, no. So they, so they both became doctors and they're practicing now. Uh, yeah. So Maddie is in her intern year, I believe. Yep. And Ash is studying to be a pediatrician. Wicked. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So what were you left with? <laughs> you were left with modeling. Um, it's How did it happen? Tell me, yeah. tell me the story. So funnily enough, I actually entered myself into a competition. Ooh. My friends, I was 13. My friends were like, you should enter this competition. And being 13, I was like, okay, I'll just do what my friends say. Mm -hmm. um, pressure? Really... No, oh, Not no. pressure. No, it was just, just like encouragement. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, you should try this. I was like, okay. Didn't really think anything of it. Didn't think about what. Did, never thought that this is what it would lead to. 
Um, and then I ended up, I got to the finals and that meant you got to sign with my agency back home in Sydney, Chic. Okay. Um, and so I've been with them since then. How was it getting to the finals? How was it being taken in, uh, into the business? How did you feel about all of that? Um, what was the alternative? If it hadn't gone the way it did, what would you be doing? So, um, I didn't actually work until I finished high school. I was signed with Sheik. I was living in Melbourne there in Sydney. So I, and my parents were encouraged me to just do my studies, not think about modeling too much. Until what were you I studying? Finished. What did you want to do before the modeling? I had, had no idea. Okay. I've always been interested in performing. I, mm. um, was, I loved acting. I, um, but also at the same time was very into maths and science. So I was very confused. Hmm. Um, but there was always an inkling in the back of my mind that I would end up doing something a bit more creative. Um, so I was interested in things like journalism and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I didn't know. Um, and so that's why when I finished high school and I, I worked super hard at high school, I got my, my final score. I was really happy with it. Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, def I accepted places at universities and then deferred it for a year mm. to model and find myself. Um, and Did then... you find yourself in modeling? Um... Uh, two questions. Did modeling, has modeling, does modeling allow for you, for you to be creative? For, creative, for the, the creative expression that you thought you might have or a need to do, mm. does it fulfill that? Or are you lucky enough that you have your guitar over there that you're able to to do that too. Well, I am very lucky that I have music because music is what gets me through new confusing circumstances. Um, I think that the further you go on as a model, the more you're able to have a voice and be known for you. Um, and I've, I've definitely tried to capitalize on that in terms of social media and stuff. I've been very lucky in that I have a very good relationship with my followers and so I, I how did that start? How long have you been doing it? How do you build? Please tell me. <laughs> how do you build a social media following? How did that start? Well, for me, it was very natural. I um, first of all worked with a couple of people who already had a following, and naturally, um, are they photographers? Photographers and makeup artists. Mm. So when your when pictures of you get posted the people who are interested in what they do are then fed into your profile so i have a lot i owe a lot of my followers to other creatives what year was this uh 2015 it was okay. my first year out of school okay um and so you've been modeling properly full-time two years would you say yeah two and a half okay so so um, how old are you now 21 i turned okay. 21 <laughs> two days ago okay okay yeah. happy birthday Thank you. <laughs> um so yeah i and then I think in terms of Instagram, like just having a personality and posting often and letting people in to your life in a really like in a way that's not too curated for me is how I Did it. gain followers. So you weren't just posting your pictures from your work. No, you were posting selfies. Yeah. So selfies. Love selfies. <laughs> they love selfies, right? Yeah. And you posted your music, which must have been a huge added bonus. Interesting. I can start posting music until, um, until the very end of last year, when I already had probably forty thousand followers. Oh shit! So you had an audience to play to. Yeah, which is probably part of what inspired me is that that I knew that 
you know, there was actually people that would see it. Um, Did but you get followers, multiple followers a day? How does that happen to get to 40,000? It seems a lot of people. I'm, I must get multiple a day. To be honest, I don't, I've turned you, my notifications off. Have you? Because, because that after a while. What, they would all come in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, if you post a photo and a thousand people like it, that's a lot of likes yeah. in an hour or whatever. But yeah. I, I just found, I, I like to try and keep temptation of, like, just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing as far away as possible. So that was step one. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but it just... Are yeah. you organic about it? Did it happen? Or were you intentional? That's um, my question. So Do you, did you want it? Did you have a figure in mind? Did you have, I want, my goal is to get to 50,000 followers or 100,000 or even 10,000 when you started out. What were the, were you aware? Yes, I was aware. It almost, when I first started getting followers, then I became aware. And I was like, oh, this is actually something that I can build up and something mm. I should work on. So... I was definitely aware I celebrated when I would get to the landmarks. Um, what were your first landmarks? 5K was probably... I mean, when I, when I hit 1,000, that was exciting. Yes, After yes. my first sure. like, photo shoot. Sure. Um, but yeah, so like 5K, 10K, 25K, next one's 50K. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, so yeah. there's no ultimate big figure, is there? And does there have to be because... Tell me about the pressure and or concern that the business has with followers and pure numbers. Um, I've found it's not as prevalent as you would expect. I think the fact that you have followers helps you with work because of the exposure. Creative see you, client see you, you pop up on people's explore page. But I've never, in my experience, had a client book me because of my followers. Mm. And most of the time they don't even know Mm. They haven't even looked at the number of okay. followers I have. That's encouraging. Which is, I think, good, yeah. I think that a, if a brand wants a certain look, that's what they should go for, mm. a certain look or personality, not um, a number of followers. But in saying that, it is definitely an investment because it, in a way it's, um, it's like free ad ad advertising a little bit. Because that's right. Because the girls post the photos, the brand gets their name out there. Sure. But I think that most brands know that like over a certain amount of time, they will book some girls who have followers. They'll book some who don't, and it'll all even out. Mm, okay. That's so you been think my it's, experience. So you think it's actually been a positive benefit so far, or is it un, uncharted? It's not. It's not actually. You don't have that raw data to know. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, okay. All I know is that um, I think that brands are more interested in a, an online presence than a number of followers because mm. a lot of i mean a what's lot the of, difference well i i think that having an online presence means that you have some sort of personality or charisma in your social media versus mm. having a lot of people following you which they often go hand in hand yes that's the question that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question <laughs> is why you or why chiara ferangi for instance you know who she is no <laughs> she is the number one fashion blogger okay in that breed she has 10 million followers. Whoa. It's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a fascinating, it's a fa for me, it's a fascinating question of what makes for that kind, that level of popularity. Mm. Um, and any 
level of popularity, really. Yeah, what, definitely. Um, and how hard you work at it. How a Cara Delevingne, for instance, who is a, a sort of cultural icon mm. stepping point in the social media thing, mm. was able to generate that that amount. It, in her case, it seems pretty obvious because she was so goofy mm-hmm. and so anarchic and so contrary to what anyone's expectations were. Yeah. I think confounding expectations can work. I think the the, the bulk, the majority are Me Too people because yes. yeah. there's a safe safeness and a safety yeah. in, in that. You know what works and it tends to work because it works. Yeah, and, and human nature is to always to... Go where the energy is. Yeah, exactly. Follow the things that are followed. That's right. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so again, do you think it's a, a, an energy thing that you're putting out there? Is I have the... no idea. Yeah. All I know is that I try and be as true and real as possible and as positive as possible. Yes. It's definitely a goal for me because um, I, I never want something that I post coming up in somebody's feed and causing a negative response. Mm. I mean, it's, it's hard to control, but that's... That's always been a goal for me, so maybe that's part of it. But mm. I think it's very hard to predict. Right. You've got to kind of just go with the flow and I see. see what happens. Okay. Uh, and YouTube, are you going to do start doing YouTube stuff with your guitar? Um, I have a YouTube channel. I've posted maybe like three videos. It's okay. very. It's in the early stages. Um, Is it something you want to explore further? Perhaps. In, yes. In I'm saying I'm asking that because in sort of research into how to YouTube mm. for the, for me doing this show. Oh, yeah. I came across a new crop of vlogging models. The first, yes, yeah. I don't know if it's the first, but it's obvious that given the number of subscribers that they have, which are hundreds of thousands, you know, approaching the million, yeah, between wow. 400 and a million mm. subscribers, that it's timely. This is what's happening now. I, I, I can imagine there are more going to be popping up. Yeah. Um, and that's a, a whole other level because vlogging involves you showing it all yeah, or, even, or it's curating, great. but whatever you're, you're, you're opening yourselves and your lives up mm-hmm. in a, in a completely different, bigger way. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I have a blog, so I like to share through the written word, but for a minute there, I thought about doing it via video because I like speaking and I like the spoken word as well mm. but I um I prefer writing because I think it's a little bit more reflective and a bit more inclusive because when you read you kind of read in your own voice whereas when you're watching mm. a video it's in whoever's voice is speaking interesting so um yeah but I think I think that's definitely going to be a boom especially with the you know people bringing like GoPros backstage and stuff like that right. is that happening yeah, I've heard, I haven't seen any videos, but I've heard, I've, I've seen like photos of girls walking on the runway with GoPros on their heads Oh, and I stuff. see, but that's, that's from the designer doing that. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. As I opposed think... to girls taking it upon themselves to yeah. take GoPros <laughs> Yes, I don't think that would be allowed. Of their own accord. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I've heard of a little bit of kind of backstage stuff, but it might be sponsored. You're right. Oh, okay, yes, exactly. Not sure. But, um, but at some point, the girls perhaps will have such a following that they'll be allowed to do things that previously they haven't been able yeah to do. there's definitely technology brings a whole new element of models having a voice that i don't think has really been so prominent since unless you were a supermodel unless you exactly. were a naomi campbell or a absolutely 
kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. So what was your growing up? What was your idea of fashion? Who were the girls or models that were known to you and might have at least been people that you were aware of? Yeah. Um, I was kind of behind the times. Um, you didn't have fashion <laughs> magazines at home. Your, no. your mum didn't have Australian Vogue on the coffee no, table. No, no. I, um, I was very much aware of pretty much only of the Tyras and the Alessandras and, um... Oh, no. Oh, no! Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a blinking light, so I saw it when it wasn't on. It's still, we're still recording. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Tyra so Banks was... and the America's Next Top Model. That's basically... That's that what franchise, that is what fashion of. is for the majority of people on this planet. Yeah. Which is, I mean... It's a reality TV show, so yes. it's never going to be exactly accurate. Um, but that's that's kind of that was basically my experience of it. Was it something you ever thought of that you aspired to? Did you ever think I could do that? I think that for most young and teenage girls, there is kind of an allure around fashion. Mm. I don't know where it comes from, mm. um, but definitely there was that. But I never like actually had the thought, you know, I'm going to work in fashion. I'm not visually artistic, so mm. it didn't make any sense for me. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning again. So you started modeling. How was that? How were the first jobs? Did you feel comfortable doing it? At what point did you feel comfortable doing it? Um, it was, starting modeling was a lot of fun for me. I just moved out of home to a new city for the first time. On your own? On my own. Um, How old? 18. And you were I, mature anyway. Yeah, I was mature, but I, you know, the year before my mum was making my lunch. So. Wow. Was she a helicopter mum? In the generational sense that the Gen Xs over coddled their kids because um, they were all neglected themselves. I think, I think the generation before my mum would probably say that. But she, like, we were quite independent kids in that we, we were in charge of our whole schooling experience. If we didn't do our homework, it was on us. Nobody was going to tell us to do that. Wow. But my mum is an amazing cook and she's very good at looking after us. So there were always lunches. There was oh, always you're treats. you were so lucky. You were well I fed. I was so, oh, up. I was very, I had to be well fed. I was a hungry kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, mum really, really looked after us in those ways. And that was always so amazing and I was never grateful enough um but so I wouldn't say that she was oh, she stifled us ever because we very much had our own responsibilities that's right so you were mature in that respect yeah you were yeah. independent enough yes you just had to learn to cook yeah did you did you uh yeah a little bit I'm not a great cook I'm nothing like my mum but um over the years I've I've learned some tricks Okay. Did you have a boyfriend? Did you leave a boyfriend? What about your love life? How did that factor into it? So, um, no, I, I moved with a fairly clean slate. I, um, I actually met my current boyfriend within a week of moving to Sydney and we were like just friends for the first few months, but then we started dating. So that was kind of, it was a very exciting time for me. It was very, mm. everything was new. I was growing totally. up. Um, I didn't have to get up and go straight into homework every day, which in itself was crazy. Mm, um, all that freedom. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was starting modeling was a little bit confronting because I did, I grew up very much with an environment of emphasis on 
um, knowledge and intelligence and hard work. And it all seemed a little bit frivolous mm. and a little, like I didn't understand why people got so stressed about the little fashion things. Right. Um, so I found it a little bit hard adjusting at first um, until I kind of found my place in the industry and found the people um, who kind of had very similar mindsets to me and, mm -hmm. and started realizing that every time I was on a shoot, it was a whole new group of people who had stories to tell. And that's when I really started loving my job was when I started just asking people questions and asking oh, wow. what their stories were. And I realized that I had access to something that most people don't because they usually just work with the same people every day. Great. It's a people business. Yeah, exactly. Did you get to travel? Let's have a look at your book. So, oh. yes. So you have, you have found your niche. Do you know what that is? You've found your... I think I'm work. I'm almost there. Can you put it into words? Let's put it into pictures. You mean my niche, like, yeah, what, as what, of, in terms of what work I yes, do? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I really love shooting beauty. Yes. Um, Are there campaigns? Um, I've never actually done a beauty campaign. I don't think so. I've, I, um, I work with Clinique a little bit. You do? On some, I think it's like, they have a little bit of in-store, a little bit of web. It's a bit mm -hmm. of a mix of everything. Um... Is your, I thought you might be Chinese, but is your general ethnicity and the, the fact that you can't necessarily pinpoint mm. where you're from a, an asset, a huge asset in this think, global fashion market? I think it is, especially with beauty because um, yes, that's what I'm diversity in beauty is always been, is, has always been really important Hugely in terms important. of skin complexion and yes. face shape and all of that. Um, That's and a sweet spot that you're inhabiting, and that I would try to exploit if I was you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can. Um, but yeah, often clients will be looking, especially a little bit for an Asian look, because the Asian market is so booming at the moment. Right. Yeah. Do you, could you work in China? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Would you be accepted as representative of Chi of a Chinese I'm not beauty? Sure. I'm not sure. I mean, my mum thinks so, but <laughs> <laughs> she's flying the flag. Flag, of course. She's <laughs> the only. Um, she's the only like expert I would have to ask. Right. Um, because again, that market is so huge, and has kept fashion going over the past decade. Yeah, it's definitely <clears> there's <throat> a tangible shift in that direction, for sure. But you haven't worked in Japan or. Nope. I've only ever worked in Sydney, LA, and New York, and that's it. Okay. Now, is that because of the the agency is is planning and plotting and making those decisions for you? You couldn't you couldn't suggest I want to go to Japan and just see how that is. I would want to test those waters mm. as a as an uh, mixed Asian person who looks the way you do. I just it would be a question in my mind that I'd want to have to have answers to somehow. Yeah. If I went to Japan, would I be working every single day and making lots of money? Mm. If I went to China, could I be a, a star? Mm. And there's where my fortune might lie. All of these questions would be tugging at me. I definitely have questions about China. Um, but for me, step one is learning the language because I don't speak Chinese. Can you do it without it? I'm sure you could model there without it. But for me, um, if I was going to go to China and work, I'd probably want to give it a real red hot go. Um, did your mum not 
speak to you growing up? No, she, she tried. We resisted. You resisted. You resisted. Um, but she's always because look, you look like Latina. <laughs> in the, well, quite quite a few of these you do. Yeah. And so in that case, you're very versatile, right? It's hard for me to say. I look uh, uh, to me. I look the same. The same there. I mean, you could be as as South American, perhaps as as you are Asian. I, I mean, have no idea. Yeah. So I I I I'm seeing this as a as a positive. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't see my ethnicity as a negative. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Why should you? But it's something to I think you can work at and exploiting. You know, uh, consciously. Yeah. Pushing that. So how did you get with Supreme? So what was the jump then? Okay, so you got into the flow of things. Yes. It was already, it was a, a bit frivolous and silly to begin with. <laughs> um, you got into it because it was about traveling and meeting interesting people. Yeah. Uh, at what point did you feel that it's something that you could actually do, that you were good at, and that you could have a real proper go at having a career doing? Well, at the end of every year, I have major crisis because it's always the time where I could start something new. I could go to university, I could start a course, I could X, Y, Z. There are a million options at the end mm. of a year. Um, so at the end of the year, the gap year that I was going to spend modeling before settling, settling down and buckling down and doing university, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go to LA and model. And so I was very stressed for a long time trying to decide what to do because I'd told my family that I was going to go to uni. Um, mm. But I knew, I felt this like, how can I say no to this amazing opportunity to go and live in America and work and explore? And I just couldn't resist it. So I, I decided that I would keep modeling and that was kind of when the floodgates opened of, I'm just, I'm, I have to keep doing this until mm. I'm not enjoying it or until it's not an option anymore because it's it, like I, I will never be able to say no. Did you always enjoy true. it? What do you enjoy? What don't you enjoy um, in the daily routine of modeling? So I enjoy modeling when it's creative, when we're building something, there's a story, when it's visually exciting and I get to experiment and perform. Um, what I don't enjoy so much is the kind of front side back, front side back, front side back. Oh, stuff. right. When just, you're just a human mannequin. Yeah. Because, That's you understandable. know, yeah. Even then, though, some of those jobs are still really exciting because you get the people you get to meet. Oh, right. Um, but, yeah, for me, I have a very hyperactive brain. And if I'm not thinking about something, talking about something, exploring something, I find it very difficult. Mm. Um, so often when I'm doing those jobs, I'm constantly thinking of new ideas or like, mm. it's kind of, like, it's kind of like, you know, when you're like about to fall asleep and you have all these amazing ideas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens to me when the I'm boredom, working. The boredom of <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes it that. is a little bit, um, a little yeah. bit, um, tedious. tedious is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it can be, it, like I said, it can be a bit hard for me because I feel very much um, like it's focused on such superficial things. Um, when sometimes when I'm walking around New York, I'll, you know, you see like 20 homeless people every time you go out on the subway. And 
I get quite emotional sometimes thinking about the fact that I'm, you know, dressing up in nice clothes and going to meet people so that I can wear nice clothes for other people to buy. Mm. And the inequities of yes. life, the inequality is terrible. I, moving to New York, I was really acutely aware of that, taking yeah. the subway from exactly. Brooklyn where I lived into Manhattan. There seemed to be this low vibrational frequency of people struggling to live for the city. Yeah. And that affected me for the first couple of yeah. years. It took me two and a half years maybe to feel at home in New York. Yeah, I think it's... Because it's quite a raw, yeah. visceral experience of that. And the haves and the have-nots are so marked. They're so stark. The polarization is so stark. And that's, that's the amazing thing about New York, is that you are so aware. It's everybody. And that's yeah. so important. I think like we can, yeah. you can live in, in a, a another city and completely live in a bubble. Whereas I've been, my eyes have been forced open and in a way that's going to mean that I'm going to actually act on that one day Great. or soon. Yes, and you can do that every day in tiny little ways. Exactly. I always give a dollar. Yes. If asked. If I can, I, I try and buy people food, that kind mm. of stuff. But um, I've been looking into, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter Singer, the philosopher, mm -hmm. but he has this effective altruism movement. Okay. And it's about dedicating 10% of your earnings to a charity that where you can get the most kind of, um, you can bring the most good out of each dollar. I see. So he has like set charities that he says, these are the ones that are going to save the most lives for the amount of money right. that you donate into. So I'm, I'm looking into all of that stuff, which is really interesting. What is your philosophy of life? If you could sum it up. <sighs> um, what were you brought up to believe? Uh, is, is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life for you? The is meaning it? of life. <laughs> when you said, what's your philosophy? The first mm. thing I thought of was take every opportunity. Is That's to live it fully. how I've always lived is if there's something you're offered and you're interested in it, do it. And then if you don't like it, you can stop. But can we just boil that down to act action uh, for the procrastinating Libran? <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is to act and to, and to, and to, and to, to do, to do <laughs> and to, do, to, to absorb everything that the world wants to give you, which mm. is impossible. Mm. You can't do everything. So mm -hmm. that's my, that's one, another one of my struggles. Do you let it happen to you or, or are you a uh, uh, striver? Um, a bit of both. So if I let opportunities come to me, but if an opportunity presents itself to me, I take it as a, as a sign. I'm, I believe in signs. Mm. Um, so if something happens that seems a bit like odd or coincidental, two things happen around the same time, I'm like, okay, something's telling me that I have to explore this. And so then I'll take steps. Okay. And your love life, I take it, has been secure and stable. Yeah. Because you met someone right at the beginning of that modeling journey. Yeah. That, like teenage love affairs, the, the odds are against it, mm. right? But in, not in your case. In your case, you, you managed to go through that huge transition, right, uh, into adult life, essentially independent life, with somebody, and you, you did it together. Mm. Was your boyfriend your age? No, he's um, a bit older. 10, 20, 30 he's, years? <laughs> I'm 21, he's 30. Okay, yeah. okay. So was he already in the world working and being an adult? And Yes. Yes, um, he was. He had also moved, done the same, made the same move as I had from Melbourne to Sydney two years earlier. Okay. And he works in fashion. So he oh, was, I see, he's in the business. Yeah. He actually helped me a lot making that transition because he'd yes. done it himself. That's great. Yeah. And have, have you managed to move every where together. In other mm. words, that Los Angeles move, he would have come with you and 
No, so I went to LA at first on my own, and then he, I was lucky enough that he came and visited for a few weeks, and then when I came to New York, a similar thing happened. Um, okay. He was... So his life is in Sydney? At his the moment, business, yeah. His life. Yeah. And how do you deal with the, the, the long-distance relationship? Um, it's definitely not easy. Um, we've gotten so much better at it over the last year. How do you do that? On Skype? Uh, yeah, so we have a weekly Skype. That we Jesus, can't miss. Weekly. Yeah. I was I was gonna go by daily. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk on the phone pretty much okay. every day. Okay. Um, but those are just quick chats. Um, I see. We actually email a lot now. Do you? Um, which is really helpful because you can kind wow, of. Wow, that's so okay. <laughs> Richard, you're all. I want to start handwriting lesson letters, wow. man. I'm like so. That's it's, romantic. It's special because you actually sit down and you get to write down everything that's happened and everything that you're feeling. And it's quite cathartic in the way that mm. when you come home from work from a terrible day, you sit down with your wife or your husband mm. or your partner and you just go, oh, like all of this happened and you feel so much better afterwards. Right. So that's what I love about emailing is that we still are very, we get to be involved in each other's lives in a way where we, we are still having that, emo we're still that emotional support for each other. What comes to my mind is that given your philosophy of life though, there must be a slight uh, conflict in that the world is a big place. Mm -hmm. There are billions of amazing, interesting, beautiful people around. You're in an industry surrounded by those, that category, that general category. Mm -hmm. The temptation must be vast and endless <laughs> for you to be able to act on signs of people desiring you, of you desiring others, and exploring the possibilities of life in that in that regard in the regard of loving in the regard mm. of relationships all of those things because at the end of the day that's a huge part of living it's so interesting there's two parts to this number one i've never received a sign about any you're of that not stuff. you're not on the receiving end of people's attention and advances on a all day everyday basis no like obviously um everybody you know you get, people get hit on that's like part of life but uh -huh. when I say I've never received a sign I mean like but that's so funny because you take that for granted that people get hit on as a, as a part of life it's a part of your life it's not necessarily a part of every woman well I don't experience. get hit on that often like I don't know maybe once a month once okay. like it's not I to be honest I that's not something that I experience extremely frequently mm. um but I, th I think it does happen to everyone, surely, at some point. <laughs> You'd think so. You'd think being alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, just, yeah. just a bit of excitement. <laughs> um, Interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. I've, like, I've never found that to be hard. No. Um, I, I don't really, yeah. I, I think that, like, maybe, I think that part of it is that, like, there are signs that you are open to and there are signs that you're not open to. And mm. I guess maybe I'm just not open to mm. all of that energy. Mm. Um, but Mike, what, what my question is open to that energy, but isn't that, I'm talking about not necessarily receiving, yeah. but giving your own energy, your own gusto, your own sense of yeah. what you desire and want out in the world and what you find is stimulating and interesting. Well, I how do you, how do you not fancy people all the time? And not <laughs> in your job because it's just life. I I think that 
I've kind of, what I've done is, in terms of the, like, if I think of my life as, like, switches, I've kind of switched off, off the one. romance light. Because, and when you're, I, because you're that satisfied. Yeah. And when I meet someone that I find interesting, I'm still just as interested and su just as excited by them, and I, I still mm. want to connect with them. But obviously what I'm sending them is a very friendly connection. Mm. Mm. And I guess that's received. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like I, I, that hasn't been something I've experienced. Right, right. That's good. <laughs> you know myself, knowing myself, I'm pretty much the same way. Yeah, I um, think you kind of yeah. Once you've once you've cognitively understood that. But for me, actually, it's worse than that. I've got to say because it would be nice to fancy people all the time, every day, and all the rest of it. But that's a rare, so rarely happens. I don't know though. I feel like if I was if I was halfway across the world and I was finding myself being interested and attracted to other people, that would very, that would scare me. It would make me think, oh, maybe this isn't right. Maybe this isn't wow. where I'm supposed to go. Like, that's what I mean about signs. I would find, I would think that my subconscious was telling me something and that would cause a big inner conflict for me. Okay. <laughs> um, so in, I'm very happy that that's not what I'm feeling. <laughs> so is peace easy for you? Is a sense of equanimity and joy and happiness does that come naturally? Or are you too in your head and thinky, thoughty? At this present moment... You're too thoughty. Yeah. To find total satisfaction. Yeah, I think so. I think that over the last... This is actually one of the harder parts of modelling, is over the last 18 months, I've never lived somewhere for more than four months. And when things are constantly shifting and changing around you, you never feel quiet. And grounded. Yeah. Yoga? I do, I've just started doing yoga because mm. I'm looking for or that. meditation or whatever, yeah? Yeah, meditation, like I said, I have a very overactive brain. Yeah, you can't just go on long <laughs> enough. Um, but, um, yeah, so th that's kind of part of my search right now is trying to find that sense of peace and, mm. and it, not having a home and a base mm. it makes that very hard because you're constantly mm. learning new things, mm. learning how to adapt to something new. The environment yeah. is changing. Yeah. So what do you want? What's the... What, in fashion? What, do you, what, what job? What photographer? What magazine? What client? What would be the ideal? The ideal? What would make you very happy? Um, I would love to work with Pink and Victoria's Secret, obviously. I think most people would say that. Who's Pink? Um, Pink is um, like the... It's almost like the younger oh, it branch of Victoria's Secret. I never knew that. It's like so. Um, that's the stepping stone. Stone. I think so, in a way, yeah. Okay. So it's they're definitely Victoria's Secret's me. younger line. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I like your specificity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be specific yes, with your goals. Of course, and your intention. Mm, I really love any brand that promotes. You could do that. Is that why you're here in New York to explore those kinds of possibilities? Definitely to explore. Kind of. I mean, any. New York is definitely... The... How long have you been here now? I've been here for six weeks. Only? Is this the first proper time? Um, I was here for a couple of months last year on two different trips. The oh. first trip was when I was coming to sign with Supreme. Tell me about that story. So I had been to LA. I'd gone home for a bit. And then I actually 
told my Sydney agency that I wanted to come here and get signed because it was the next logical mm. step. Um, and like New York is really the, the place to be because you have reach to all of the amazing mm -hmm. top tier clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd also met, I'd met, um, an agent from, I had a casting with an agent from women who is like sister companies with Supreme and that he had shown Supreme my photos and they had shown interest. So I was like, okay, it's a good time to go over there. Um, so I, Came over, I stayed with a really good friend of mine in Brooklyn who lives here, which was amazing. And um, I just ran around meeting agencies. And Supreme was the most excited. They had a vision for me. They um, are very, very, very lovely and warm, which was important for me. Mm. Did you meet people who weren't? Um, I met people who were less warm. But mm -hmm. that was just, that's just something that... I specifically connect well with because mm. that's how I like my interactions to go. But there yes. were definitely agents that I met who had a different vibe to them. There were very there were people who were cool. There were people who were business like. Mm. There were people who were and fit other people's niches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then I signed with Supreme. So that's I was great. here with them for maybe a month before I had to go home, and I came back again in November for six weeks. So I, I, I've never had any proper time here, but now I'm here, here. Oh, you're here, here. Yeah. You've moved. Yeah, so I'm here until, for sure, until August next year. Is that a good place, around? What, what other things do we, did you want to ask me anything while well, you have the opportunity? <laughs> I always feel a bit <laughs> left out, but no. Yeah. Well, how, <laughs> Not long, at all. No. how long have you been in New York? I've been here 14 years. Okay, now. and you're from London? Yes, indeed. Amazing. And I love it. And I wouldn't go back and look at the weather. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's always clear and lovely and there's an energy. And so there's no going So home. much energy. And I have a life and I have a daughter yeah. here and it's great. So I'm as happy. I'm happy. These are the happiest. This I'm the opposite of you. I feel completely that I found my place, and yeah. my niche. Uh, well, this area yeah. is very different from Manhattan. It is. I couldn't live in Manhattan. I yeah. never did. I didn't live at all there. See, that's that's what I'm thinking about at the moment. You it's, should. Mm. Although these brownstones now have gone up to about three to four million dollars. So this is what's oh, happened. Just a the gentrification. <laughs> the gentrification of the, these wonderful neighborhoods. They are yeah. pretty amazing. Um, no, the question was, is there anything that a model had wondered about what it's like on the other side of the lens or the, you know, a photographer's mm. point of view or whatever, because you get so rarely, uh, you know, able to ask those questions. Yeah. I, mm. yeah, I don't have to force it on you. You don't have to. <laughs> I want to know what the best, the best part of your job is in terms of, in terms of... That's a very interesting question. Yeah. I like all sorts of parts of it. Um, I like getting excited at the initial concept of what the story is. See, that's something that we never, like, we're right, never involved you're not in. Yeah. Uh, so when the editor brings me up and says, we're doing this and we may be going there. So it's, it's making those associations creatively. Mm. When you're sort of creatively inspired at the beginning of the project. Yeah. See, that's then, what I'm missing, I think. And then you, you get an intra you're getting excited by the casting process. Mm -hmm. That's the next thing. The right girl for the right, right story. And then you... Um, I like the moment, I might have discussed this before, the quiet before the storm, that little moment just before you go on set or you're 
going to take the picture when everyone's being so focused on mm. making the model as beautiful as she can be. I like that <laughs> quiet focus and intensity. It's yes. a quite beautiful thing, I think. Their devotion to their job, mm -hmm. their, their passion is right focused right there. Well, the best thing I think in life is when you have a group of people all trying to do the same thing. Exactly, that's... for the common goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's very energizing mm. and inspiring. And then taking a nice picture is always good. Yeah, me. You know, when, <laughs> I mean, it's always, you know, it's always surprising when I have an idea and then I see it and, it ha and there it is. Mm. So that, I suppose that's creative process. Mm. Is your manifesting stuff that your little thoughts and feelings become real yeah. in quite complex, complicated ways because there's the logistics of shoots and there's the whole, there's so many different things have to come together for that mm -hmm. split second. But that having an, a vision that then is in the magazine realized mm. is, is great. It's like an amazing job and I feel very happy and privileged to have been doing it for so long. Because it's it. noble. It's spreading beauty and that's how I choose to see it. Yeah. Right? So that's probably a good place to end. You yeah. got it. <laughs> uh, best of luck with your time here Thank in New York. You. It's gonna you're gonna be amazing. I think I'm I like love it. all of the different avenues you're you're exploring as well. <laughs> I think you're a great all rounder and those double, triple threats that you represent in terms of just entertaining. I would I don't know, I would have gone to LA and started acting properly, but then one thing will lead to another, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it would I, be nice when you were there to really explore trying to get a theatrical agent and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, I've got kind of like a hand on every exactly. pond and I'm just trying to hold on to all of them at That's once. That's <laughs> right. Well, you're doing a really good job balancing it. So thank, thank you. you. Bridget, you were a delight. Okay. <laughs> thank you. We're going to do other things, Dan. I'm going to ask you more questions. Okay, over. cool. Thanks a lot, everybody. Please subscribe. <laughs> Share, you tell them. Oh, um, subscribe, like. You've got the followers, comment. you've got the gift at this. Do all the things, guys. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. See you soon. Bye.